While on others, thou are calling. Do not pass me by. It is it's amazing we know who to call on whenever we face trouble in this life. Amen. We can always call on the Lord. Amen. Uh this morning I want to go over to the Old Testament to the book of Amos. The book of Amos. And I want to go to the fifth chapter of the book of Amos, and we're going to be looking at the first through the eighth verse. Amen. 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 My subject this morning is going to be seek the Lord and live. Seek the Lord and live. That was Amos. Amos chapter five. Amos chapter five. And we're going to be looking at the first through the eighth verse. That's Amos chapter five. I'm going to look at the first through the eighth verse. Amen. What version are you reading from? I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Amen. Okay. Um, and this is, and it reads like this. Hear ye the word, this word, which I take up against you, even the lamentation, O house of Israel. The virgin of Israel is fallen, and she shall no more rise. She is forsaken upon her land, and there is none to raise her up. For thus saith the Lord, the city went on by, by went out by a thousand, and shall shall leave by a hundred. And that which and that which went forth by a hundred shall leave ten to the house of Israel. But thus says the Lord, thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, seek ye me. And ye shall live. But seek not Bethel, nor go into Gilgal, nor pass not into Beersheba. For Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall surely come to, shall, shall come to naught. Mm -hmm. Seek the Lord, and ye shall live. Lest he break like fire into the house of Joseph, and devour it. And there, shall, and there be none in to quench it in Bethel. Ye who turn judgment into wormwood and leave off righteousness in the earth. See him that maketh the seven stars and the Orion, and turneth the shower of death into the morning, and maketh the day with night, that calleth the waters of the sea, and poureth out the face of the pour out pour them out on the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. This is God's word for God's people. You guys can go ahead and take your seats. Um, Amos is one of the minor prophets. And um, minor prophets in that time was, did not mean they were lesser in value. They just had a, a smaller time of prophecy. Um, there are some who would say that he, that he, was pro that he prophesied during the time of after Jeremiah. Um, there are some who would say that he, that he came during the time the him and Jeremiah were prophesying around the same exact time, but no matter what, no matter which one you come come with, that he had like that Amos was a minor prophet. Amos was a minor prophet, and it's not that he was lesser in value or lesser in purpose. He had a he had a shorter time of prophecy during his time of prophecy. And the big there's a there's one big idea that I want you to get out of. This message is that we have all been invited to seek the Lord. We have all been invited, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, that we have all been invited to seek the Lord. And the first thing I want us to look at in our passage today is a lamentation. 
a lamentation. And I got the definition from, from lamentation right here. And this the passionate expression of grief or or sorrow and weeping. So when, when we consider the, the, the opening statements of our text, we see that Amos is lamenting and describing Israel as a fallen version, as we saw in the first in the opening statements of our text. So what he is doing is he is lamenting over the fact that they have sinned against the Lord. And if we um, know our, if you know your Bible history, you understand that the Israelites have gone to captivity um, during this time. During, during, I believe they were in Babylonian captivity during this time, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and this is Amos coming and saying, yes, like, yes, all these things have happened to you. And like, actually during this time, they were actually a very successful nation. And they were they were thriving very well. It's like many of us, I think about America and how well we have thrived and how well we have done. But yet God's allowed things to happen during the course of time to get our attention. This is the same thing that Amos is doing with the nation of Israel. And what he's doing is he's he, there was a time in this in, in this nation's history where they were very prosperous, which is during this time when this text is being written, and. They were, but but the problem was it's not the that's their prosperity was not the problem. The problem was that they would begin to worship other gods. So they began to worship other gods, and they allowed their success to get in the way of what of what God had um done for them, as far as like helping them to come out of captivity and all those things. They allowed their success to get away from. They allowed their success and their worship of other gods. Getting get in the way of worshiping the true and living God, and what and and what they began to see was that, and what Amos is telling them to see is that you need to repent, and that's the and that's the entire um, purpose of this passage right here in Amos chapter five. As a matter of fact, I'm, I want you to look at um, Jeremiah chapter seven verse twenty nine, where it says, and this is a uh, Jeremiah's uh, famous temple sermon. Um, Cut off thine hair, and this is and this is uh, verse number twenty nine. Cut off thine hair, O Jerusalem, and cast it away, and take up a lamentation on high places, for the Lord have rejected and forsaken the generation of His wrath. So what He is doing is, Jeremiah is saying that because you have disobeyed God, and because you have decided, like in His context, they were disrespecting the temple and living any type of way, because like during that time. I wish that more of our churches could influence more of this because he they had respect for that temple. They, there were certain things you couldn't do. There were some things you couldn't say. There were things you couldn't just bring in there. And I wish that we as a church would go back to those same exact principles. Because if we were, if we were to get serious about what the Word of God really said, that we would really be serious about what it has said regarding the way that we are to conduct ourselves when we come to the house of God. Blessed as individuals take notes from the nation of Israel that wherever we allow our success or and even our and even our worship of other gods, because sometimes we, we only we can be worshiping other gods and not even know it. Because social media can be a god. Um um living for the approval and the um and, and, and the acclamation of others can be a god of us in and of itself. Your boss can be your God. Whatever you place in front of God, and that can even be your success, like I said previously, you can very easily be just like them. 
But remember that like we need to seek the Lord so that we may live. And whenever we allow things to get in the way of our relationship with God, this is this is what will happen. We will be chastised for it. I'm reminded in what Hebrews says that you know that do not despise the discipline of the Lord, because he disciplines the ones that he loves. So when we um are chastised for taking our taking our hands off of the plow and or, or doing the things we're not supposed to be doing, God will God will um chastise us in different ways. Now with the nation of Israel, it was with them going to captivity. It was with them um no longer having the economic um status that they, they had at one point. Um we see that in, over in Deuteronomy that 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 they are brought over to eat they're brought over to Egypt in ships and that and that they lose their financial status and all those different things and, and and really God's judgment was placed upon them because of the fact that they decided to disobey God. Amen. Now this may not be the same way that we do it like in in America it may not be but that specific way but we as a people as Christians um must remember that when, when when we decide to leave God, there's going to be a way that God's going to discipline us. It may be that God has to take away a family member or friend or that particular thing. Or it may just be that God will have to show you that you, that you need him instead of needing all these other external things. Amen. Amen. And God has to use, sometimes it has to use extreme measures to, to get our attention. And that and that and that's what... Is happening even in our, not only in the the nation of Israel had that problem and we had that problem as well. So God had to has to show us who He is and, and remind us that we need to seek Him. And secondly, I want to look at an invitation, an invitation, an invitation. And in the next sequence of our verses, we see an invitation. The invitation that we see is described in this verse. For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek me, seek ye me, and ye shall live. And what he's saying is that you and I need to seek the Lord. We need to seek him. And to um to the nation of Israel specifically, they were saying, I know you're gonna do all these things wrong, but I'm still gonna ask you to seek me. I I I know what's gonna happen for you, but I'm gonna ask you to make a decision to make the right like you can make the right decision, you can turn away from this right now. But if you but if you decide to not do what is right, God God's God is going to chat God's going to chastise you if you choose not to do what is right. So, even though God knew that the children of Israel would be disobedient, He was still gracious in giving them a chance to repent. And this gives and this reminds us of how the Lord deals with us, because we have to be reminded of how we make bad decisions sometimes. But even God gives us the, the, the grace and, and, and the chance to turn away from those decisions. And like, I don't know how many times, like how, how many times in my life where God has told me, hey, you don't need to be doing this with this person. You don't need to be hanging out. You don't need, you don't need to be saying this or you don't, need to be, you don't need to say this on social media. And then when I say something, the Lord will be like, hey, you shouldn't have said it like that. Or you're like, or see, see how that's affected somebody else. Because sometimes we can, but sometimes the things that we do and say can affect someone else. And if we don't follow the Holy Spirit's leading, we can, we can either help somebody or hinder some somebody from getting to Jesus, or even our own lives from progress in the way that they should because of the way we because of the fact that we disobey God. So, 
Um, and so we see in Isaiah fifty-five, verse number three, and this is that um that that compassionate the the God of compassion passes, and this is what Isaiah says in Isaiah fifty-five, verse number three. It says, "Incline your ear, and come unto me, and hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make a everlasting covenant with you, and even with the sure." And even the sure mercies of David. So what Isaiah is saying is that he's also giving us a invitation to see and to understand that like he's saying, I want you to hear me. I want you to come. I want you to repent. I want you to come and to know Jesus for yourself. So he's inviting the nation of it. He's inviting the nation of Israel. And he's also inviting you and I to come and to know Jesus for ourselves. And we need that relationship. Like you can be in church all of your life and still not be saved and go to hell. Because of the very fact that you did not make the decision on your own. So when so so when God when we stand before God, it's it's not gonna be like how many times you went to church every Sunday. It's not gonna be how many Bible verses you know and all those things, even though all those things are well and good. But those things will not save you. What saves you is having a relationship with Jesus Christ, a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And that you must understand that you must be born again. It's not, it's not about you um, born in a Christian family. You can grow up in a Christian family and go to hell. You, your entire family could be going to heaven and then you be the one that goes to hell because you didn't under, because you did not come to Jesus for yourself. Amen. So we need to understand that we all have been invited. We all have been invited to seek the Lord. That is, that is the driving point of our message this morning. And this, this invitation, like many other invitations, to remind us that God keeps his promises, even when we should forget them or when, or when we have, because to be honest, when we forget God's promises, we can very well not really have confidence in what God can do. And, and we should be reminded that God can do anything that he is, that God can do anything, and that when he promises something, he means it. Amen. So when he gives us eternal security, he means Amen. that. Amen. So when he gives us the, the new life that there's that a line in Ephesians 2, he means that, that he, that he brings us from death to life. He means that, that, we, that we are made new in Christ. Now, in the next statement, what we see is that Amos tells Israel not to seek Bethel, Gilgal, and Bel- and, 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 Beersheba, and Beersheba, rather. Mm-hmm. And these places were very familiar to Israel's history. Our, I'm reminded of Dad's message on Bethel um, when we first did, did. I think it was our first service here. And what he was talking about was going back to Bethel. But ironically here, it tells us not to go there. It, it tells us not to go there. It tells them to seek the Lord and live. So we know that those places were places of um, spiritual significance and heritage. And those places um, were very significant to their history. So, and they were told not to seek those places because of the fact that God wanted them to not be so focused on those places. Because you can meet these, you can meet me wherever you are. So he was saying, you don't have to, you don't have to, go, to, you don't have to go to these places to meet me. You can meet me right here wherever you are. I think that's one of the things that God has kind of been showing me throughout this entire coronavirus season. 
sometimes we can get so caught up in the um, assembly of church and the buildings and all those things, but we forget that the book of, in the book of Acts, most of those church, most of the churches started out in houses. So I think that God is reminding us that we can we can worship Him anywhere, and we, and, and we can really get back to this biblical model of discipling one another and congregating one another, and remembering what God is doing through Jesus Christ for us. Now let us take note today that when God when God calls us to repentance, there are places there are going to be some signs where there's going to be places that He's going to call us away from. Have you ever thought about maybe that God may be calling you from your city, from your nation, or maybe even your church? That's a hard cross to bear sometimes. But sometimes when God calls us to places, it's not always the easiest thing to, to do. When, when God tells us, like, to, when God says, hey, I want, you to leave the, I want you to leave Clayton County, I want you to leave the church, I want you to leave this particular place of familiarity, and I want you to, to, to come on a journey with me, that's not always an easy thing to hear. But when God calls us, we must submit to what he has told us. It's like when, when, when Abraham went um, in Genesis, and, and, and what he said was, and God, told him, and God told Abraham to go, let's go to a land that I will show you, and then he ends up being a blessing to the entire, he ends up being a blessing to others, and, and then he gets the promised son Isaac, and Isaac um, later on becomes um, the promised son, and then that ends up um, fulfilling fulfilling the ultimate promised son, which is Jesus Christ. So we must understand that, like sometimes when, when God calls us to repentance, He's calling us to an even an even better place than what we thought. So. When so when we're so when we're called to repentance sometimes and go to, to go to different places, we're called to be blessings to someone else. Amen. So let's also look at the, this next statement, which we see Amos condemns the legal system that Israel has set in place because they have left righteousness and justice behind for corruption. And let and, and let us be reminded that. That when people in our justice system um, go against what God's word has said, I'm not talking about when we when we go against what when they go against what our flesh tells us that we should be thinking. I'm not talking about righteousness and justice that comes from God's word. So we we must be reminded that unjust scales, according to Scripture, are an abomination to the Lord. That when we do things unjustly, that God will judge you for that. So whenever a system of justice or a government or people in general go against what God's word has said, and that's what, I think that's what um, many of the problems is in many of our communities today is that we don't respect authority. And because we don't have the mirror of God's word to look at our actions in our lives, we can very much corrupt justice in our own ways and corrupt different things not in, our, not in our different context that we live in. Because the fact that we just don't, we just don't trust. We don't trust God's word enough to, to be a light to our hearts and to our minds. And like I, I remember, um, reading a, or hearing a, video about, um, there was a courthouse that had the Ten Commandments, and the Ten Commandments was taken out of the, was taken out of the court, and I was like, wow, so what are we gonna use as the standard to? Um, hold somebody to 
wherever God's system, because if we're going to talk about God's justice and we're going to talk about justice and righteousness, those things, according to the book of Psalms, come from, come from God's throne. So you have to have his word in order to be established, in, in order to have a good government, you have to have God's word. Amen. Um, so when God, when God establishes, like, when God, God is the one that should establish our governments and our strategies and our and the things that we do, and we should be implementing God's word. We should, we, we, don't, we don't need to be taking things away like that. God's word needs to be, we need to be reminded of what God's word has said. So that way that both the judge and the person who is on on trial, they can they can they can both know that we're both submitted to the same law, and we're both committed to doing what is right. That that when I, that when I'm standing before, when I'm in, in the judge's booth and I and I claim the um the hammer and I say that whatever the verdict is, that I, that I have done whatever is permissible in the word of God. So. We must be. We must understand that justice and justice and righteousness comes from the throne of God. So we must understand that, and and that's what the, this invitation is, is giving us is that we must understand that we must seek the Lord so that we might live. Amen. And then thirdly and finally, we're gonna look at a declaration. In this declaration, we see that Amos gives the Israelites. And us not only directions to seek the Lord, which we have been we've been kind of getting some um some directions to seek the Lord, but he gives us also in this particular this one verse verse number eight and verse number seven, he he gives us reasons to seek the Lord. So he says to seek him that maketh the seven stars in Orion and turn and turn up the shadow of death into the morning, and make up the day dark with night. And that that call up the waters of the sea, and that pour and that pours out on the on the face of the earth. The Lord is is His name. So in this declaration, this is what the, He points out: God's wondrous creation, and He says that this is why you should worship God. This is why you should seek the Lord in the first place, because of all that He is. And if you if you need a, if you need more of a definitive reason about that to seek the Lord, well. Amos gives you one. He says, the Lord is his name. So we must seek the Lord so that we might live. Then he appeals to who to who God is, and he, he tells us all those things in verse number eight. And Amos, uh, I love what he does in verse number eight because of the fact that he just he, he names out all the things that all the wondrous things that God does and what he does and why we should seek him and he gives us reasons why we should do those things and the reason why we should seek the lord is because of all that he is now you may be asking me uh brother jacob how do i seek the lord practically okay i want to give you some i want to give you three um ways to seek the lord practically and then and then i'm going to give you a bible verse and then i'm going to be in my seat well the first two are for christians you only do these two things really if you're a Christian. First one is to pray. And the second one, the first one is to pray. And I, I want you to be reminded of what Jesus said that man should always pray. Yeah. So we seek the Lord practically by prayer and by fasting, all those different things. And also through repentance. You and I need to repent. There are some sins in our lives, whether we know it or not. So we all need to repent. 
Now, this one is for the unsaved. Have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. So, if you're not saved today, I, I, I want you to know the truth that, that, that you are not hearing this message by mistake. That God is right here and that he wants you to be saved today. So, um, if you would simply just pray this prayer that God be merciful to me, a sinner in need of your grace. I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart and save me. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all you have to do. Amen. It's that, it's, it's that simple. So, all you have to do is, is to have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And, that's, and that, that is the main thing that I can give you as an unbeliever. It's to seek the Lord and live. Well, before you can even do that, you, can, you have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then you can apply these other two points to your life. So in the words of the prophet Isaiah, um, chapter 1, verse number 18, it says it, it, says it in this way. Come now, let us reason together. Saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they are as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be they shall be as wool. So, today, if you are not saved, I, I want you to come to the Lord Jesus. And then after you come to the Lord Jesus, I want you to get, I want you to be a part of a biblical church. And I know that that's hard to do right now, but you can find some good biblical churches on on Facebook Live and those different things. But when the church doors open back up, we need you. You need to be a part of a, a local church, and you need to be also reading your Bible as well, so that way you can be, so that way you can know what God has said concerning what a good church is. All right, um, let's pray, Lord. Um, as we have learned today, how to seek you, and so we might live. I pray, Lord, that. Um, all the principles that that you that you have given to me and that I've given to your people, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to apply each of those to to their lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would who that whoever um hears this and that they would come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and that they would have a saving relationship with Him and that they would um grow in godliness and they would grow at a local church and that they would read their Bibles and they would find destination they will find purpose for their lives in jesus name amen amen, amen.